is coming back. All right, welcome back, everyone. I uh, just want to give a quick introduction uh, about Pastor Raymond, who is coming to preach to us tonight. So Pastor Raymond is coming from uh, New York, uh, Brooklyn, New York. Um, I just want to quickly introduce him. Like Raymond uh, mentors me in my recovery uh, process from addiction. And, uh, you know, some of you guys know that where, where we come from in the recovery rooms, they talk about higher power, they got a full understanding. And uh, I met Raymond at a crucial time in my journey where uh, I was free from drugs for a couple of years, but I was broken on the inside. And, uh, you know, we, some, some people, they're really powerfully used by God. And Raymond, uh, through him, uh, like God has touched so many people's lives in recovery. Like a lot of people have come to know Jesus Christ because of uh, Raymond's faithfulness uh, to the Lord. You know, lots of people in the recovery programs have come to know Jesus because of what the, the sacrifices he has made. You know, we obviously give the glory to God, but sometimes he uses men powerfully, and he definitely did, and because of Raymond's obedience and love for the Lord. And uh, without overdue, I'm going to render me... Uh, the service over to Raymond, so we can get a round of applause for him. All righty. Thank you very much, Rafa. Very nice of you. Um, thank you, Pastor Chris. We call him say Pastor Chris. I don't know what they say here, Vicar. All right. Well, th th thank you, Pastor Chris. Um, my name is Raymond Ramos. Um, I'm visiting from Brooklyn, New York. Um, I want to just introduce myself to you. I am Puerto Rican, right? Puerto Rican. If you ask the Puerto Ricans, they'll tell you I'm New Yorican, all right? There's a little uh, animosity going on there. I'm born in New York, Brooklyn, New York. Um, and I have been saved for about a little bit over 23 years. I became a Christian uh, a little bit over 23 years ago. And I'm very grateful to God. I never thought I'd be a Christian. I didn't grow up in church. I have a a horror story as a childhood, and um, I hated Jesus Christ, and I hated Christians. Um, I loathed. I had I had a profound loathing for anyone who went to church, and um, and there's a story behind that that's not for this uh, setting. And um, but I experienced profound what we call spiritual abuse, uh, religious abuse as a child, and it put a wedge between me and God, and so. Um, the story goes that I, I became a drug addict. I was arrested. I ran the streets of Brooklyn. I did a lot of things I'm not proud of, a lot of crimes, a lot of things. And, um, and I had a praying mother. I had a praying mother. And my mother would cry out to the Lord for me. She cried out to God, says, please go get my son. Please save my son. And he said he did. <laughs> you know, he did. Um, I ended up getting clean. Uh, in a 12-step fellowship, 12-step program. And um, after around four and a half years clean, I realized I had a spiritual problem that was deep and affected every area of my life. And if I didn't address this spiritual problem, then I would probably use drugs again or kill myself. Those were the, the direction I was going. And, um, and I met another Christian, and he told me about the Lord, and I, it was hard to... to you know, it was a really difficult conversation. I didn't want to go to church. Well, any, time, any type of church talk, Jesus talk, Bible talk, would bring me back to my trauma, and I would get enraged. And um, But the Lord Jesus Christ saved me. Uh, he washed me white as snow. I wanted nothing to do with him, but he wanted everything to do with me. And, um, 
and I got saved. I, I, I bowed my knee. I opened my heart. I, did, I had a lot of questions. I had a lot of issues. Um, there was a lot of people. I don't know if you can uh, understand this, but sometimes it's easy to focus on the misrepresentatives, on the on the idiots. Can I say idiots here? On the on the idiots that call themselves Christians, on the on on the self righteous, arrogant, um, non loving, very judgmental. It's easy to focus on the people who don't represent Christ well to then disqualify myself from wanting a relationship with Jesus. Long story short, I got saved. It was miraculous. Nobody believed that I, my mother couldn't believe it. I would rip the Bible, burn the Bible. I, I was anti-Christ. And, um, and I gave my life to the Lord, and I cannot believe the incredible journey it's been. I cannot believe the healing that I've experienced. I can't believe the, the many different paradigm shifts that I've experienced. I've changed my mind about a lot of things. The Lord has performed a surgery upon my mind, upon my heart. It's ongoing. I'm not a finished product. I don't think any Christian is. Um, I can't believe that I'm free from the things that I'm free from. I never imagined I'd be free from certain things. And, um, and it's been an incredible journey. I, I, I'm blessed. You know, I'm blessed. And I get to travel. Right? I, when, when I was a, the type of drug addict that would not leave his four-block radius. And the only time I left my four-block radius was to go to jail. And then I come back and I go, so I was, I was confined to my four-block radius until I became a Christian. And then the Lord started taking me everywhere um, to share with people how awesome God is, how gracious the Lord is, that no one is too far gone where the grace of God can't chase them, find them, bring them back to his that no one is too messed up, no one's too mentally ill, no one's too demon-possessed, no one's too drunk, no one's too... No one is too far gone. No one. No one is that far gone where the love of Jesus can't transform that person's life. And, and so I want to just don't give up on nobody. If, if You know, we got Choco Loco from the Bronx, right? That guy is crazy. He comes in and out of jail all the time. That Choco Loco will never get saved. Choco Loco got saved, all right? And, and we have a bum in the community that's... He's always urinating on himself and sleeping on the floor and talking to people that are not there. And, and that bum got saved. And so there's no one too far gone for Jesus Christ. Um, there's no one too smart that Jesus can't break their intellectual and, and get a hold of them. So just know that. that there's no one. When it comes to Jesus Christ, I don't care how hard they seem. I don't care how belligerent they seem. I don't care how much they make fun of you. I don't care how cynical they are. You go in the name of Jesus, you pray, and you believe that if it's God's will, this person will be saved. And there's nothing they can do. They can run, but they can't hide if Jesus wants them. Amen? All right. So, so I've been on this journey. I've been preaching all over. I Obviously, because of my testimony, because of my story, I deal with uh, a lot of street people, drug addicts, gang members. You know, that's what the Lord has used me in, in many times. Um, I have my own personal passion. We have a ministry called the Recovery House of Worship um, that we started, and, and it's beautiful ministry, and it's I've been blessed, and I'm grateful to God. Right? So when they asked me to come preach today, uh, I said, what am I going to preach? I got, you know, I have so many sermons. That when you go preach somewhere, you, you pray, say, God, what do you have for this people group? You know, you want it in season, or you want it, a word in season, a word that's on time, you want a fresh word. What do you, and so as I was thinking about preaching, um, I, I thought about this sermon. This sermon is one of my legacy sermons. So it's very, very important. This sermon is very, very important to me because this, this sermon was written to my children and to my grandchildren. Right? This sermon it was specific, specifically and particularly meant 
for people I love very, very dearly. And so I'm going to let you in on one of my legacy ser- sermons so that maybe God will speak to you. And, and, and if there's anyone here, right, if anyone here, that's, I mean, if you really, really have, if you really have a desire in you, if you really have a longing, if you have, if you have a want inside of you, that if you want to live uh, the abundant life that Jesus promises, if you're not a Christian and you're tired of the, the, of the unfulfillment, the despair, the emptiness, the void, if you're not a Christian, man, today could be your day. If you are a Christian, Jesus has called us to live the abundant life. We're called to be more than conquerors. We're called to be the head and not the tail, the lender. Like, we're called not to just go to church and exist. We're called to live lives beyond anything we can imagine. And, and, and I want my children, I want my son, I want my daughter, I want my grandkids, I want my grandkids that I don't have yet to hear this sermon one day. And to, this is a simple recipe. A simple, if you want, if you have a desire to, to experience all that Jesus has for you, to experience all the freedom, all the deliverance, all the joy, all the peace, all the significance, to live out your divine purpose, this little sermon can help you if you want it, if you want it. And so we're going to read uh, Matthew 6. They said this is a, a series about what Jesus said. So I'm going to, we're going to look at some words that Jesus started preaching in chapter 5, and he preached for like five hours that day. All right, he would just, he would not stop. It was it was one of those services, you know. And so, uh, don't worry, we're not gonna have one of those services today, you know. I, they said I had about two hours, right? Okay, <laughs> okay. So the the Bible says this, Matthew six twenty five. So the book is called Matthew. The chapter is chapter six, and the verses are twenty five through thirty four. So we're gonna re- I'm gonna read from the screen. It says, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we wear? What shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. Verse 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Verse 34 says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. May God bless the reading of his word. So there's a couple of things that I could, you know, there's a couple of topics that come off out to me when I look at these scriptures. Um, one of the, the, the first topics that come up to me when I think about these scriptures is, um, oh, by the way, I want to thank the worship team real quick. I was blessed. I sat down. I was in the presence of God. Heaven came down. Thank you very much. That doesn't always happen. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you very much. All right. Some people sing. Some people worship. I like when people worship. Okay. That was a commercial break. All right. Very good. So now there's a couple of different topics that I could have preached out of here. One that's really near and dear to my heart is verse 26. It's a very powerful question. It says, are you not much more valuable than they? 
That's, that's like a four-week sermon series. Are you not much more, right? And if I was in Brooklyn, I'd say, everybody say much more, right? Much more valuable than they. I think that one of the biggest problems that Christians have, Christians, Bible-believing Christians, Holy Ghost-filled Christians, is that they don't know who they are in Christ. They don't know that they're valuable. They don't know that, that Jesus Christ loves them so much that he saved them with a purpose and a plan. And that they're, you know, if, if I take you to the hood, God got a tattoo of your name on his hand. And he wouldn't put a tattoo of nobody's name unless he really, really, really values them. And if you were to know how valuable you are in Jesus' eyes, then you will just live in a way that will just blow your mind. So that, that's a, that would be a great sermon. That's what I'm preaching about today. All right. Uh, the, the other verses, verse 27. Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? Right. Who are you by worrying? It's interesting because it, it's, I, I don't know if he's being sarcastic. Right? But it, it's, it's usually the opposite. Right. By worrying, by stressing yourself out, by going, by, by allowing the enemy to get you twisted and caught up and thinking and worrying and thinking and worrying, you can bring stress, anxiety, depression, right? You can get physically ill, emotionally ill, mentally ill. These are all, like, by worrying about tomorrow, who knows what tomorrow brings? And then and if you keep the scripture in context, it's, you know, worrying about where I'm going to live. I, I, I come from a place that the neighborhood is ch was changing. And where, what's going to happen? The neighborhood is changing. And where are we going to live? And when the lease runs out, and what am I going to wear? And, and just worrying about the, allowing the enemy to have Christians chasing their tail. Because the Bible says real clearly that if, if you seek, now, if you, if is a big word. If, that's another sermon, if, right? There's a lot of promises in the Bible that are conditional. People don't know that. You know, anybody know what a conditional promise is? A conditional promise is that if you meet the requirement, if you, you got to first meet the requirement, God always does his part. And in Matthew 6, 33, he says, if you, it says this, but seek first his kingdom. Somebody say first. Come on, say first. All right. If you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, it says, and all these things will be given to you as well. Like, that's a promise. If you seek first his kingdom, now the big, if you stop right there, I, I travel and I deal with people all over, all kinds of people tell me different stories. You don't understand. You don't understand. You know, and, and the first problem is you got you to gotta kick the king off the throne. That's the first, like, that's a whole sermon. You got the guy who's been running the show in your life, the gal that's been running the show in your life, the woman that's been di directing the show, the guy, you got to get rid of him and you got to put Christ on the throne. That's the first thing. That, that If you don't have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you don't know Christ personally, religion cannot change you. Religion cannot heal you. Religion will not transform. A, rela a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. By your free will saying, I'm going to allow you to sit on the throne. I'm going to submit. I'm going to yield. I'm going to surrender. I'm going to bow my knee. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm tired of this guy running the show. Or this. you got to get rid of that king. And you got to allow Jesus Christ to, be, to sit on the throne of your heart. That's the first. That's, the, that's like the first thing. If you've done that already. So if you haven't done that already, that's where I, I promise you. I had questions. I don't know. What about this? What about that? The Bible, King James, NIV, American Standard. What about, I, I've heard so many questions. about. For, for, you don't got to have all your questions answered. Can you follow directions? Right? 
Can you follow? If you want to be blessed, if you want to live a life, you never by, I, I'm, I'm, you're not here by accident. If Jesus didn't want a personal relationship with you, you would not be here today. I don't care how you got here. I don't care if Raphael said, I'm going to buy you some dinner tonight. Come to my, you didn't come here for the free dinner. You came because Jesus Christ wants a personal relationship. He wants you to taste and see how awesome he is. He wants that whatever hurts you, God, whatever things happened in the past, whatever has been done to you, whatever is said to you, that whatever you've been through, Christ can heal your wounds. He can redeem your past and give you a purpose and a destiny and a future and eternity ultimately. But it begins with a surrendering, a yielding, a lot consciously saying, I'm going to fire the director of this show and I'm going to let Christ sit on the throne of my heart. And so I've met people, unfortunately, that they have been too smart. The Bible says that the gospel is foolishness to them and they could not embrace how simple Jesus loves you. You're worse than you're willing to admit. I, you're, I don't care who it is, but you're more loved than you can ever imagine. And that's the gospel, that he loves you. That no matter, there's nothing you can do that can separate you from his love. There's nothing, you do, nothing you've ever done. He's not mad at you. He loves you. If you're hearing the message of Jesus Christ, he's longing to embrace you. Whatever the story might be. If you burned Bibles and whatever you might have done, served other gods. Okay, so. Once you allow Christ to sit on the throne, his kingdom. Now, he's the king. You're the servants. Some people don't like that. Their pride don't like that. You're the servants. You're not the boss. He's, he, he's the big boss. You're the worker. Some people don't. That's a problem. Okay. So what I wanted my son to know and I wanted my daughter to know that if they can put God first in their lives, not talk it, not sing it, not, but if they can actually demonstrate that Christ is first and foremost in their life, if, if they can live a life where, 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 where if, if, if they have an option, because I, I don't study too much Hebrew and Greek anymore i study the dictionary right this like first means preceding all others in time order or importance very you know i looked at the word first and so to put if my son if raymond ramos jr can learn to put christ preceding all others his all others in time order or importance if, if my son can learn how to do that if he lives that out he'll live a life he never imagined but he'll be a winner if my, if my son could learn to put Jesus Christ, if my granddaughter, who's going to be one years old next week, if little Princess Aria, when she grows up, can learn to put Jesus first, to, to live a life where Christ is first, then she'll live a, a life that she'll, she'll have a heritage and a legacy and a, an inheritance that, that many will not have. If she just put God first. Anybody, anybody ever seen The Warriors? It's an old gangster movie. Waters. Okay, don't look, don't watch it, not a good movie. I probably shouldn't have said nothing. Okay. But but the, the, in the beginning of the movie, the, it's like the leader of all the gangs. Like the, they, they invite all the gangs of New York to show up to this gang meeting. Say, yo, just bring nine reps, no guns, no knives, no, just because he wants to unite the gangs. He wants, and, and he says this, this is, he said, can you count? You know, I can't, I don't know if I can say it sucks, so I'm not going to say it. Can you count gangsters? Right? He said, if you can count the future, and, and he said, yo, if you can count, if you can simply understand that if, if this simple principle, so my, in essence, if you can simply understand that if we learn to put Christ first in our lives, 
I, no, the word of God promised. Forget what man. The word of God promises some incredible things. All your needs will be met. Not your greeds. But all your needs will be met if you learn to put Christ first. So what does that mean? What does putting Christ first mean? I'm, I got an acronym for first. And I'm going to run through it because I took up a lot of time in the intro. All right? But, but the word, the, the, and I'm going to, the F, the F is for one of the things the church don't like to talk about. Finances. Right? If, 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 so I want my son, again, little Raymond. I want little Raymond who's this big, little Raymond. If, if little Raymond could learn how to put Christ first in his finances, right? F is for finances. If he could learn how to put Christ first in his finances, now, as when I say finances in church, people say, oh, he's going to take an offering. I'm not taking an offering. But they think about giving first. I, I, I want my son to understand. I want my granddaughter. I want those who, who that if, if you make your money in a way that honors God, the first thing is how you make your money. If you're scheming the system, if you're lying on your taxes, if you're cheating, if you're manipulating, if, if you're not making your money in a way that honors God, you're cursing your seed already. Does that, you know, so, so how you make your money. I, I, hope, I hope I'm stepping on nobody's toes, but if I am, I leave on Thursday, and you're leaving tomorrow, so you don't got to worry. Poor Ralph, all right? So, so, but, but if you want to be, if you want to be blessed in your finances, if you want to, if you want to be financially secure, I'm not talking about prosperity gospel. I'm not talking about get I'm saying if you want to have financial stability, then, then you have to first and foremost, honor God and put God first in the way you make your money. Because I, I, I have people all the time, you don't understand the government, the system, Trump, this one, that, you know, I, I get all types of stories. I said, I said, no, you don't understand. If you make your money, if you make your money in a way that lacks integrity, you're never going to be blessed. You can have a lot of money but still live in insecurity. You can have, you, your money can get you things, but you won't understand that you won't have things. Your things will have you. And so if you make your way in a, in a way that honest, if you make your money in a way that honest God, you can be blessed. Secondly, how you view money. There's a rich young ruler in the Bible who had a lot of money and walked away sadly from Jesus. Right? Some people don't understand that, that money is a tool. Money is a resource. You know, I, so how you make your money, how you view your money, obviously how you spend your money. We teach our people in Recovery House Worship to do 10, 10, 80 in the beginning. Give 10%, save 10%, and see God rock with 80%. Right, and then we, and then as they grow, 10, 20, and we, we teach them that that's good to be good stewards financially. And that if, if, you, if you're faithful with the little, then God can bless you with the much. But if you're not faithful with the little, you can pray and cry all you want. It's what you do, not what you say, that matters most. And so how you make your money, how you view your money, and how you spend your money. And, and I'm not going to get deep into this, but, but I will tell you that obviously if you ever read, we, we, you guys call them uh, uh, Malachi, Malachi, the Mexican, my Mexican brothers call them Malachi. All right, you guys call them Malachi, right? How would you pronounce it? Malachi? Well, my Mexican friends say Malachi. All right? So, not, yeah. All right. So, just letting you know that the Mexican... All right. Okay. So, so if you look at in, in Malachi, he says another promise. He says, if you give your first fruits... Not, you know, I know people that tip 20% and only give the church 5% and wonder why they're not blessed. I know, I know, yo, I know, guys. That, yo, we got to tip twenty percent, you know, and they'll tip twenty percent wherever they go, but they only give five. And so the Bible says in, in, in Malachi, if you give God your first fruits, your first fruits, that He'll open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings that you won't be able to contain. 
Like, so I tell people, knowing this, wouldn't you want to give God your first fruit? I'm not, I'm, I'm not getting no money from you. I'm from, I came from Brooklyn, New York, to let you know that if you give God your first fruits, if you give God your first fruits, if you give God your first fruits, then you will, he will open windows of heaven and bless you in ways you cannot contain. And then, and then this is the only place God says, challenge me. That's the only place to challenge me. Do it. See what I'll do. The only place. And so, and for those who know, that's, that's Malachi chapter 3. All right? Malachi chapter 3. So, so that's, so I want my, so obviously, if you, anybody have parents, I want my son to be blessed. I want to leave a, a legacy of blessings upon my, so I, I got to teach them biblical stewardship. That you can't put money before God. That you can't love money before God. Verse, the verse before this, my brother Paul was talking about, you can't serve two masters. You know, verse 32. Oh, I'm sorry, 24. And so, so, this real first, if you want to be blessed in your finances, any area that you want to be blessed in, the principle is put God first. That's the principle. All right? And so, I'm not going to give you a bunch of financial, you know the deal. Put God first. If, you want, if you're struggling financially, are you, are you giving God your first fruits? If you're struggling financially, or are you being a good steward biblically? If you start, you know, and everybody got a story. Everybody got a story. So, you know, you don't understand. I understand. When I got saved, my bills were this much and my income was this much. But I saw in the Bible that you can, you can have more than enough when you don't got enough by giving God your first fruits. And that's been my story. Being, being, and, and let me just say this. Giving God money has nothing to do with money. It has everything to do with your heart. Has the worship. Giving is an act of worship. And so when I give God my financially, when I give, I'm worshiping God in my giving. And I'm and I'm worshiping with some things that and one of the things that I used to love the most, my money. Okay, you guys looking at me funny, we're gonna move. I, I, I'm not taking an offering. I. The I is for interest. It used to be for itinerary, but I can't pronounce the word. All right. But the I is for interest. Now I don't know what you guys are. Uh, Football, right? Anybody have football football teams here? You guys are crazy for football there, right? Like, yeah. Like, we got baseball. We have American football. Um, boxing. I like mixed martial arts. Those are my interests. Some people like Netflix. Some people like uh, Instagram or YouTube, Facebook. So, well, I, don't know what you, well, I don't know what you're interested in. Some people are, uh, uh, this guy looks like he might be go to gym once in a while over here. All right? Um, so, I don't know what your interests are, right? I don't know, what, but there's different things. Um, I can't imagine what. Somebody give me somebody interested, real quick. Help me out. Tea drinking? Okay, tea. I, I like I, tea drinking, okay. Shopping, swimming, the gym. What else? Coffee? All right. Oh, hey, food. I food. Yes, food. I rebuke food in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, so, so, so here's the point. Here's the point about interest. Here's one of the big mistakes that people make, especially Christians. They don't, they don't understand, right? So I want my son, I want my grandchildren to know that no matter if we have baseball, I'm a Mets fan. I'm, I'm a Mets fan. I'm, the Mets and Yankees are the two baseball teams. I'm, a, I'm on the losers team, all right? It takes a lot of character to be a Mets fan, okay? Anybody can be a Yankees fan, okay? But you got to be a gladiator to be a, a Mets fan. So anyway, I'm, I'm a Mets fan. Obviously, all my children are Mets fans. I'm a good father, right? You can tell I'm a good, good in parenting, all right? All my children are Mets fans. Um, we like the Mets. Mets, we go to games. Um, 
I like I like mixed martial arts. My whole family, we watch. We look at it from a biblical perspective. Those are very spiritual. That's spiritual warfare, right? Right. So you know, and if you, if you don't read your Bible every day, the devil's going to put you in an arm bar and bang your head. And so you better read your Bible every day. And so, so here's the point, right? In, in Ecclesiastes chapter three, it says this: There's a time for everything. There's a time for everything, and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to uproot, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to tear down, a time to build, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance, a time to scatter. There's a time for everything. All right, Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. It, it tells you there's a time to watch football or play football. There's a time to go to the gym. There's a time to do your nails. There's a time to clean your house. There's a time to go to the Mets game. But I have to learn how to put God first in my, in my interest. I can't let the football game be more important than coming to church on Sunday. I can't let my, uh, my, my, my going to the gym become more important than coming to Bible study on Tuesday. I can't let uh, a tea party or, you know, whatever it is, be, I got to learn how to put God first in my, in my interest. So many people are putting the most ridiculous things before God. You know, I, ha I got mad once. I I'm, I'm a weird guy. You know, I'm a church planter. I'm not really a pastor. All right, pastors are more nice and loving and caring. I'm, I'm, I'm not very nice, loving, and, you know, unless you're a sinner. If you're a sinner, I can, I can hang out with you. You can do it. But if you're a Christian, I got, you know, I got issues, all right? So, all right. But, so I get this guy, and he says, man, I'm struggling in my marriage, and, man, I'm struggling here, and I got anxiety, and, man, I'm going. And I say, yo, but I don't see you in church on Sunday. He goes, yeah, I got to work. I got to work. I got who's going to pay my bills? I'm like, man, this guy. I said, oh, but you got to come to church, get your spiritual battery charge. You just get your spiritual tank full so that you won't. Uh, so he's going crazy, going crazy. He's getting progressively worse, not coming to church. So finally he says, oh, Raymond, I need to talk to you. I said, you want to talk to me? You tell me the same thing again? Life is terrible. You're depressed. You got anxiety. Your wife hits you with a frying pan. And, and, and so, and I said, yeah. I said, but you're not coming. You're not listening. You're not coming to church. Yeah, but I got to work. I said, so why don't you go pray to your boss in then and see what he can do for you. So you, you got to put God first. Now, it's important, you know, that, that we learn when it comes time to come to church and Bible study and prayer meeting before we get out there, before we leave our house, that we put God first. That we spend time in devotion. Eight minutes a day with praying, reading a little, little, reading a little four lines in the Bible. Before you put on the, you, the, the news, before you put on the telly, before you go on social media, give God, before you do, put God first. So I say this because there's so many Christians that, are, that, that they're not filled spiritually. They, 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 they obviously are not winning the fight. They, you could tell that through their relationship, they got issues. And I'm, don't worry, I don't know, no, I'm not talking about nobody here, so obviously I don't know you, so you don't got to worry. But there's so many all the time that they put other things. Oh, I got to go to gym. I got to go to gym. Oh, well, you're going to look good, but you're going to feel like, like really bad. Yeah, you look good. And some people, the better they look, the more miserable they are. In New York. In New York. All right? Sometimes they look really good. I'm like, yeah, I know. Come here. Give me a hug. I understand. All right? So, so we got to put God first in our interests. Learn. Don't let, don't let the... Please, I don't know if you have midweeks. You're here today, Sunday night. I don't know if you have midweek services. I don't know if you have prayer meetings, whatever small group. If you learn to put God first in your interest, man, God will blow your mind and how you how he'll bless you. When you think about that, in a relationship, in a relationship, 
when someone demonstrates that they value you, when someone demonstrates that you're important to them, when someone says, ah, the guys are going to play basketball, but I'd rather come hang out with you. When, when someone puts you first, it makes you feel good. It makes you feel, man, that, it warms your heart. And I'm saying, put God first. Warm his heart and see how he blesses you. All right, okay. The R, now this is, the R is for relationships. All right, this could be rough, okay? And I'm going to try to be nice. I'm going to take a moment. I'm going to breathe out self and breathe the Holy Spirit in. All right? Jesus says this in Luke 14, 25 to 27. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus and turning to him. He said, if anyone, there's another one, he said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, his wife and children, his brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. That's pretty rough. This is Jesus said. Jesus said, if anyone does not hate his father and mother, his brother and sister, and yes, he, so I'm, so when you're doing Bible study, you questions. What does it say? What does it mean? What is it asking me to do? So it says, hate your mother, hate your father. What does it mean? Jesus don't want you to hate your mother because it's one of the commandments. Gonna, the Bible is never going to tell you, it's never going to contradict itself. What, what, what he's saying here is that there was a large crowd of people following Jesus, and he says, listen, I want to separate the curious from the committed. I want to separate the, those who are convenient from the core, uh, you know, however you, and he says, so let me just tell you that if you want to be my disciple, then you can't put nothing before me, not your mother, not your father, not your children, not your wife, like there, there can be no rival love. And if you understand the beauty of God and the gifts of God, if you have children, they're a gift from God. You know, if you're married, how many married here? Raise your hand, wave at me if you're married. Hey, all right, married people, praise the Lord. All right. If God blinded someone beautiful to marry you along, you know, it's a gift from God. So, so he says, and when it comes to relationships, so many people put somebody else before God. And then they wonder why they're crying. They wonder why they're unfulfilled. They wonder why they're heartbroken. They wonder. And, and so, it's, listen, put God first. Put, if, if one of the biggest, saddest things that I get to see, I'm, I'm just coming around here, I'm, I'm seeing Chris and Ralph, and I'm seeing a couple of I might meet you, we might be on a friend. It's so sad to see a Christian start dating a non-believer. It's so sad to see a Christian. I mean, I mean, a Christian, they, they're playing the guitar, singing, whatever, serving, and they start, start dating a non-believer. And then, if it's, listen, the Bible says that to be equally yoked, to, to, if you want to be blessed in your relationships, you got to do it God's way. To be, and then, oh, but he comes from a good family, Pastor Raymond. I said, but are, are you equally yoked? No, but you don't understand. And, 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 and many times, many more times than not, someone has a broken heart in that situation. And God loves us. And, and listen, who you date, I don't, it's not my business. Anybody here single, raise your hand. If you're not married, raise your hand. If you're not married, raise your hand. Okay. This is a, a gift for you. If you want God's best, then find a man or woman that loves God. If they don't love God, for whatever reason, they cannot love you. They don't have the capacity. They don't have it in them. 
if they don't love God, no matter how pretty you are or how many muscles you got or how bold and sexy you might be, right? I know who I am in Christ. Amen. At least that's what my wife says. Praise the Lord. So, so but, but, my, but if you do relationships God's way, God's way, if you're single, don't let the devil play you and, and fall for some silly counterfeit where five years of your life is taken and maybe you're left, you know, don't, don't, let, don't give the devil a foothold. Don't give the devil the opportunity to play you and rob you and hurt you. The devil sends, sends and all right. So it's relationships. Single people, please, please, please. And let me just, and let me give you an example. When my daughter's 19 years old and she's single, and she, you know, the other day I said, Bianca, how you doing? Let's talk. She goes, Dad, you don't want to talk to me. I said, Bianca, I would, I would love to talk to you. I said, people pay me to talk to them. I talk to you for free, you know? I said, she said, Dad, I trust me. You don't want to talk to me. I said, Bianca, what's wrong? Of course I want to talk to you. What's on your mind? She said, okay, all I got is boys on my mind. I'm thinking boys, 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 boys. I said, Bianca, you're right. I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> all right? So, 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 obviously we had the conversation. Right? We talked about boys. But what I told her, I said, Bianca, I love you. And I'm not into controlling. No, you got to go through your own learning experiences. I, 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 I love my daughter in a way that I hope I raised the bar high. That no bambalan could come and say, hey, no, the bar is high. You know what I mean? My father took me to eat sushi, lobster. He opened the door for me. He took me on dates. You know, love my... But I told my daughter, I said, Bianca, there's like three or four questions that, can, that I'll know if the devil's playing you for a sucker or not. Is he a member of a church? Is he involved in ministry? Is he a tithing member? And then we said, Dad, how can I know? Well, if you, if you don't know if he's giving to the church, then why why you know all this other stuff? You know, I, you know I put pressure on him. And so, but there's a couple of questions you can ask to know if, you know, are you a member of a church? Because that shows how committed or not. Right? Everybody, that, there's a lot of long range of Christians out there. They don't want no, no, nobody to be able to accountable. They don't want no authority. They don't want nobody to check them. You know, me and Ralph and me and a couple of guys say, yo, how you doing? What's up with that? How do I, when Raphael talks to me about, what does Pastor Chris think about that? You haven't talked to Pastor Chris? Then are you crazy? If you, why would you make any decision without talking to Pastor Chris? If that's your pastor. You know, there's a level of accountability. So anyway, so anyway, relationship. Forgiving people. Christians, a lot of Christians suffer because they don't forgive people. That, and isn't it crazy? If you're a Christian and you know the Bible, our claim to fame is that we're forgiven. There's nothing you've done made you a Christian. You're not that smart. You're not. His grace, grace, right? God's righteousness at Christ's expense. Grace. You don't deserve it. You didn't earn it. You are forgiven. It's crazy how the devil has a forgiven people holding resentments and not forgiving other people. I don't know if you ever heard the, about the merciful, the merciful king. There's a story in the Bible. I'm not going to give you the whole thing. But the person is being tormented by the jailers because they would not forgive someone after they were forgiven. Powerful. In marriages, there's a great marriage Bible study. I know I don't know that. Marriage, you know. So, if you're a Christian, please don't hold no resentments toward no one else. If they hurt you, if they, if they, if they talk bad about you, if they offended you, please Pray for them. Bless those that persecute you. Jesus said, big deal if you love people that love you. The pagans do that. But love people that come against you. Love people that, that persecute you. Bless those. That's, now you're loving like Jesus. Okay, and the last thing I'm going to say, 
is the T, theology. Oh, no, I got an S. S, but we're going to, the S is for situations, and we're going to, I'll just tell you this. Colossians 1.10 says, and we pray, Colossians 1.10, and we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way. That's, we pray that you may please the Lord in every way and not do what you want, bearing fruit in every good word, growing in the knowledge of God. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. So I'm going to say this and I'll move on to theology. If you're a Christian and you're pursuing a relationship with God, I'm sure if you don't know that it's a spiritual warfare that goes on. The enemy doesn't want you to know who you are in Christ. The enemy doesn't want you to be a good member that's serving, hurting people. The, the enemy don't want you to know your identity in Christ. The, the enemy don't want you to fulfill your call. The, enemy don't, the, the devil don't want you to, to fulfill your divine purpose. The, the devil wants to make you a bad witness if you're a Christian. And so there's a spiritual battle that goes on and, and, and weird things happen and life happens. I had to bury one of my sons. Uh, my 19-year-old son died the day before his 20th birthday. I had to bury my son. I had to bury my mother. Like, things are going to happen. Three guys that I, I was preparing for ministry all died of drug overdoses after being clean for a long time. You know, you know this is a warfare. This is a battle, and there's going to be casualties, right? So no matter the situation you're going through, no matter how bad it might get, no matter how dark it might get, no matter how rough it might get, we need people to honor God no matter what you're going through. I don't like fair-weather friends. I don't know if you're... Fairweather friends, they, 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 drug addicts, right? When you get paid on Friday, everybody's your friend. Like, yo, Chris, it's Friday, my man. Chris, have a seat right here. Because he got paid. But once the money's gone, Chris, it's time to go. How long are you going to stay here? I don't like fairweather friends. I don't like people that, you know, if you can't starve with me, then I don't want you to feast with me. That's one of, you know, I want people that, that if, you, if you can't love me at my worst, then you don't deserve me at my best, that type of so, so I don't, I've always been like that. So I don't want to be a fair-weather Christian. I don't want to be a Christian that can stand here as you guys play beautiful music and lift my hands and sing and cry when everything is good. I want to be able to lift my hands and sing and cry when my heart is broken. I want to be able to worship God. I need to comprehend that no matter what circumstance I'm going through, no matter what situation I'm in, no matter how bad things might seem, that even though life might not be good right now, God is still good. And that when I get through the other side of this, no matter what the situation might be, I'm going to come out like Job said, shining like gold. That this is not happening to me, it's happening for me. And when I get through this, I'm going to have more faith, more character, more substance, more power. And so, no matter what situation you're going through, do it, live in a way that honors God. Live in a way that honors God. And then, like I said, the, the T was for theology. And I, I'm a Bible-believing Christian. I know that we live in a, in a technicality. Technicot, I can't even say the word. Can I see that Bible, please? Thank you. I'm a Bible-believing Christian. This is the Word of God. I believe it. I don't understand it all. I don't have answers to a lot of questions that are in here. But I've yielded. I, I, I bet my life. I bet my family's life. I bet my, you know, that this is the Word of God. 66 books in this book, 72 in my grandmother's book. This is the word of God. My friends, good friends, have the Quran. This is the word of God. My other friends have this. This is, I have yielded my life 
that my theology, my study of God, my study of faith, my study of religion will, will come from this. I don't care what's on Discovery Channel. I don't care what YouTube video is, 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 is uh, whatever they say, trending. I, this is the word of God. I will get my theology. I will get my the, what I believe from the word of God. What does that mean? When it comes to creation, I believe in creation. I believe in Adam and Eve. When it comes to salvation, I believe atonement through one man, the God-man, Jesus Christ. I believe in the God-man. 100% man, 100% God. Why? Because the Bible teaches that. I, I believe I, I married my wife. I believe that. I, I told my wife. I said, you know, I'm from Brooklyn. Right? So I told her, baby, we got married to death do us part. So death do us part. Don't make me kill you. Right? So... I'm a Bible believer, right? So, so I, I raised my kids. I said, this is the word of God. I said, there's going to be a lot of, and what happens is, I don't know, you guys, as I travel, I meet some intelligent people. I meet some brilliant people. I, I meet people that know so much about everything, but they're miserable. Check the source, man. Check the source. There's people in basements all over the world making very great videos disproving the Bible, and they're thinking about committing suicide. There's people all over the world that check the source. So I get my theology from the Bible. The Bible says it. I believe it. That settles it. Oh, right, you're a Bible? Yeah, I'm a Bible believer. Yeah. You believe that only Christian? I believe only. You believe that a good? There's no one good. No one is good, the Bible says. No, not one is good. You show me a good person. I see self-centered, self-obsessed, self-deceived. I, I, I don't see good people. I see people, you know, shooting. I just saw a shooting in El Paso, Texas. I saw another shooting. I don't see good people. So nobody deserves to go to heaven. That, that we get the option, that we get the choice, is a miracle and the grace of God. So I'm, I'm a Bible believer. And then people say, yeah, but, but brother, and I, and I had a conversation this weekend. You are miserable. Whatever you believe is not working. Look at me. Look at how beautiful this guy is. What I, I, I've been winning for 23 years. I've been winning. Buried my son. Winning. Buried my mother. Winning. Went to the store. Winning. My, 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 my daughter, hospital. Winning. My, I've been winning. No weapon formed against me shall pro- I've been winning. I've been standing on the word of God. Not on my emotions, not on my circumstances, not on what people think, not... And obviously, you gotta go through crisis of faith to grow in faith. You gotta go. You gotta go through some new levels of faith, new levels, new devils, right? So it's okay to have crises of faith, but this is where my theology comes from—not from Google, not from Wikipedia. Those are great books. Those are great resources. When I say the big G in the sky, people would say, "Oh, Google, right?" Yeah, I know, I know. So, right, so I'm gonna get out your way. I'm gonna get out your way. Um, this sermon I wrote for my ch- I wrote for my children. I said, man, and, I, and, and it's in a, it's in an album. It's in written form. It's you know well thought out. I want my son. I want I want him to leave. I want my daughter to learn how to put God first in their finances. A lot, most a lot of marriages are, are falling apart because of financial problems. So I told my son, if you put God first in your finances and you make your money right and you give God your, you know, you're going to be blessed financially. You're going to be okay financially. I said, Raymond, I promise you that if you honor biblical principles as far as finances you don't have to worry about finances and that's been my case i haven't i haven't i'm 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 in i'm in i'm in bow bow i'm here i'm from brooklyn 
You understand? I'll be in Sweden next week. I was in, I don't have to worry about, I, I found the biblical, I put God first in my finances. I want my son, whatever your interests are, it's fine. You want to paint, paint, but I see a beautiful paint. Paint, paint, create. God, God creates you, creator. But don't put creating before God. And on and on, your relationships. The Bible says that bad company corrupts good character. There's some people you might need to let go of. Some people that they're not good for your character. They're not good. They're not good for your spirit. Bad company corrupts good character. Relationships, and then of course whatever situation you find yourself in, put God first. And the last is please. The Bible has been the most attacked book ever, internally and externally. There's no book that's been attacked like the Bible, and it stands. It's reliable. It's remarkable and it's reputable. Do your, do your homework. Do your research. Okay. I really appreciate the opportunity to be here. I, I, I try to keep my composure. I didn't run around. I don't think I spit on anybody. All right? I was cool. I might have yelled a little bit. I might have said sucker and idiot, but you, you're a Christian. You're going to give me grace. Um, I want to pray for, uh, for some people before I go. Um, you know, I... I try to be funny. I try to be passionate. I try to do my best to convey a message to you. But it doesn't matter what man does. What matters is what the Holy Spirit does. And I pray that the Holy Spirit would download to you today something that you need. Maybe there's an area of your life that you're not putting God first in. It's okay. You know, no one, we all wrestle in different places. We all, we got the right to repent. We got the right to confess God. I haven't been putting you first in this area. I see, I understand that. And I want to I wanna make a commitment today, God. Please help me to do this. I can't do it in my own power. Left to my own devices, I waver. But if you empower me, if you strengthen me, if you can help me in this area, man, I'll follow you. And so I want to pray for the Christians that might be uh, distracted by something. And But before that, I want to throw the net out. If you're here this evening and you're not a Christian, if you, if you never said the sinner's prayer, raising your hand doesn't save you. Saying a prayer doesn't, it's a yielding, an internal surrendering of your heart. Understanding that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins. So he died on the cross for your sins. That he, he, was, he was crucified, his blood was shed at Calvary, cleansing, paying the price. That he, people say, man, you, you, you serve a punishing God? I say, no, I don't serve a punishing I serve a God that's the punishment for me. He died on the cross for my sins. He was buried, died and buried, and rose from the dead, defeating death, defeating Satan, fulfilling the law, atoning for my sins, and he's coming back again. And until he comes back, you can make a commitment to pursue him and seek him and put him first in your life. Whatever years you got left, you can put God first in your life. But you got to put him on the throne of your heart first. So if you're here this evening, and I'm going to make this general, but it's very clear. If you're here this evening, Jesus says, I'll go to prepare a place for you. In my father's house, there's many rooms. If it were not true, I would not be. So Jesus went to go prepare a place for us. He's coming back to get us. Um, if you're not sure tonight, this evening, if you're not sure, I don't care if you're one of the musicians. If you're not sure that God forbid you would die today. God forbid. I'm not wishing death on you. But God for you to die today. If you're not sure that you're going to heaven for sure, that you're going. If I die today, I know that I'm going to heaven because of what Jesus did for me. If you're not sure that if you were to die today, that you're not going to heaven, and you want to be sure, 
You want to make a commitment. You want to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. I want to give you that opportunity. Um, he died so that you can live. If you've never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, today's your opportunity. 23 years ago, I surrendered my life. The best decision I've ever made in my life. You might have questions. You might have issues. But you might know today that God is not here. I'm with you. So if that's you, I'm not going to ask nobody to bow their heads. I'm not going to ask nobody to. If you say, Pastor Raymond, I would like to surrender my life to Jesus. I want to know this Jesus. I want my eternity, my eternity to be secure. Today's my day. I want you to raise your hand right where you are so I can pray with you and for you. God bless you. Anyone else? I see you. God bless you. God bless you. I see you. Anyone else? If you're not sure and you want to be sure, that means 10, 9, and 10. If you confess with your mouth that Christ is Lord and raised from the dead and believe in your heart, you shall be saved. You don't got to shave your head ball like me. You don't got to join the church, but you got to surrender your life to Christ. You got to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. Anyone else before we, we pray? You're not sure. God bless you. Okay. God bless you. All right. Yeah, this is, you know, we, we, we raise our hands so I know who to pray for. And, and when I'm praying, I'll remember, I'll see your face again. I see you. All right. But it's none of this saves you. It's Jesus Christ on the cross and it's surrendering. It's a, it's a relationship with Jesus. So let's all pray. The words don't, don't save you neither, but we'll say a, a regular prayer of surrender. Thank you, uh, uh, Dan. You can you share that. Thank you so much. Okay. So let's say, Lord Jesus, I understand you died on the cross for my sins. I understand you was buried, you died, and you rose on the third day. Thank you for your love. I also understand that you're coming back again. From this moment forward, you know me, you know my struggles, you know my issues, you know my past, you know my heart. From this moment forward, I make a commitment, not just a decision, to pledge my allegiance, to pursue you, to seek you out. Help me to honor this prayer. I cannot do it in my own strength. So Holy Ghost, fill me, empower me, guide me, and lead me. I surrender. Sit at the throne of my heart. Have your way in my life. Change me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you said that prayer for the first time, if you, I want to encourage you to please, be, Pastor Chris is leaving, but there's, there's, there's leaders here, I'm sure, that they'll, they'll identify. That maybe we can give you a Bible. Maybe please come to church. Pursue God. Um, when I said that prayer, and I began to pursue Jesus. My life began to turn around like never, like I never imagined possible. If you're a Christian here, and there's some area of your life that you know that you're not putting Christ in first, between you and God alone, work that out. Say, God, I know. I see it. Don't justify. Don't rationalize. Just say, God, help me with that area. Amen? I'm going to give it to Pastor Chris. Thank you very much.